This is a Sister Wigs exclusive podcast made specifically for the patrons of the Sister Wigs Patreon account. I'm going to discuss all sorts of things like the manufacturing process when we do collaborations with brands like Beltress, the differences between various very light sort of lavender and lilac colors that are on the market right now. And then towards the end, I talk about um, some of the things I would change in the industry if given a chance and I address the rest of the AMA questions. So here goes. Dilibi. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. All right, we got four likes. And it is past six. Okay, I'm good. So we're just going to riff then. Sweet, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to actually give it a few minutes to see if um, the folks who ask me AMA questions join us on this live stream. Mm -hmm. Um, If they can't, that's fine. I will still answer their questions so they can watch this at their leisure or listen to it on the podcast form. Cool. Um, Cause this is not about the glory of Heather, you know, like gosh, but my, it is mighty dude. My face is on everything. <laughs> like, Oh, I I'm almost ashamed of myself because I know that when people first see what I do for a living, they're like, Oh gosh, she must be a terrible narcissist or, or something like that. When yep. in fact, I'm just a free model. It's, it's much cheaper if I just demo them all myself. <laughs> yeah, it would look a bit ridiculous on me with my beard, but, you know. Plus, I like playing with it. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that part's totally that's selfish. That's the fun bit. I enjoy playing with the hair. That's the fun bit, yeah. But uh, that's why we're all here at the end of the day. I, except uh, you. I think you're here just... I, I'm just here I'm just here for eye candy. <laughs> you're, you're a very nice enabler. <laughs> Gary King and the enablers. Um, so, I brought out some purple stuff that I had planned to show you. So I'm going to do that first while we're waiting for folks. Because I might actually turn this... Let me move this microphone. Okay. I might turn this into a little segment to tell people, you know, hey, maybe this is why you should consider signing up for Patreon because this is the kind of stuff I'm doing. Albeit not super frequently, but it is happening. So uh, I want to prepare some purples. Mm, Like dusty purples for you. Now the only one I'm missing is the lilac frost from uh hairdo i used to have one of those i gave it to somebody um for like their birthday and so i no longer have that one but let's just say it's more vibrant than all of the ones i'm about to show you it's it's kind of like um if you look at that hairdo color up close it is not as dimensional or as subtle as these it's actually a very real kind of barney purple blended with off white together so it's only two-tone but they're they're so incredibly thoroughly blended that from far away it looks like a really pretty sort of smoky purple it it, but it's much more vibrant because the purple that is in that color is kind of like like i said kind of barney grape you know grimace purple (laughs) okay so um that color is not going to be in any of these four i'm actually going to show you the flurry by john renault on Kristen. I've got a Jameson here in Lilac Haze. And I've also got our Ambrose here. We just got a shipment in. I was actually, like, the lead time to make these things is a, about uh, 10 months. I mean, what, what have you seen of the, the process so far, Nigel? I've seen every stage of the process, and I've seen some of the uh, prototype uh blends that they've sent and all that sort of thing yeah it does take sometimes nearly a nine months to a year yeah. to, to go from concept to 
finished product that we're satisfied with. That's a lot of back and forth oh. and testing. And this color took an eternity to make, yeah. and the jeweled peacock took even longer. Oh, the jeweled oh, peacock! Oh my goodness! That was what, about 15, 16 months, something like that. That took almost two years to finalize. Bloody hellfire! And the reason why that color took so long to finalize was because of how picky I was about it. And frankly, my original vision had a lot of teal in it. And when I got it, it looked really cartoony and I needed them to tone it down. So I, I had them add more berry tones to it, like more magenta, more purple, more of that royal blue, really play that up. And then the teal was dialed back. So it's a little bit more subtle because all of the colors are really, really, really vibrant. And so with too much of the, um, the teal tone in it, it was just, it was pulling weird undertones. I always take test photos of the samples. That's how I discover, you know, which ones are gonna work best because think about it logically. I don't own a brick and mortar store. I only do sales online. So because of that, I need to be able to show you guys what these look like in real life. And I try to approximate that with a bunch of different kinds of lighting schemes, which yeah. I'll, I'll show you towards the end of this video. Oh yeah, the lighting. Oh goodness. And she's she's got one of those little, uh test cards that shows all the different colors so you can get color correct. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we do proper color corrections and everything. Um, but it's, uh, it's a lot to try to showcase these. And so when I pick my own colors and make them, I want to make sure that they show up really well on camera. I learned that the hard way, by the way, because, uh, uh, that was not how I used to do it. Mm. And um, Nigel can also tell you, like we, yep. we used, we actually released that triple, uh, chocolate mocha color when we first launched. We also did one called pumpkin spice latte. I love the pumpkin spice latte. I would, to I totally do wear that. I have five Konas upstairs cause I gobbled up a whole bunch for myself cause I designed them knowing that I like them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, uh, that color is like the shaded peach by John Renault, but more blended. So it's not as, um, highlighted looking. It's just, Got a, got a really pretty sort of softness to it, mm. but I think it was too subtle. And I think the name threw people off because at the time, Beltress was actually married to having all of their colors named after coffee or some kind of drink. Mm. So all of my colors had to have a sort of a cheesy coffee-based name or beverage-based name. And so uh, that... That is how all these ended up with names like Raspberry Cocoa Frappe. And then they, they did away with that convention and I was able to develop Jeweled Peacock and not have to call it a coffee name because I don't know how I would have accomplished that, <laughs> you know? Um, and then, uh, but it is, it's a really time consuming process. And with the Jeweled Peacock in particular, I had to send it back multiple times oh doing boy, all of these she, color corrections because there's not this is a color that exists in my head that yeah. at the time did not exist in a wig i was not trying to duplicate an oil slick color i wanted it to be kind of like that you know but more vibrant intentionally ostentatious hence why we called it jeweled peacock i think we went through about four different uh trial and errors yeah before they got it yeah right. and even yeah. now whenever i'm thinking of developing a wig in the jeweled peacock i will actually order multiple versions of the coloration to see which one looks the best on that style mm. for example with rosella folks do ask us you know hey can you um make make a non-rooted or a you know version of the rosella in the jeweled peacock with the shorter roots it it looks weird 
it's really too vibrant and very, very long. And it looks a little bit on the uh, cartoony side. And that's mm. what I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to skirt that real fine line between like bold, vibrant, intentionally dyed, interesting looking colors and stuff that looks like it came from Party City. I don't mm. want you to feel <laughs> like, like, you know, the color in and of itself is going to out you. Mm. And so uh, like when I developed this color, it took a while because we needed to get the right amount of brown in it. It actually has kind of like a dark auburn brown color blended all throughout the top. Mm. And then the bottom is where that sort of lilac hue is. I love this color, this raspberry cocoa frappe. I'm like obsessed with it. I will try to sneak this into basically every style we make just because the tipped effect looks so cool on anything with layers. Mm. Um, but it's different from these other purples I'm about to show you because um, these other purples are not tipped and they're not as dynamic. Um, that doesn't mean they're not pretty though. Like I, I love purple stuff in general. So I'm going to go through this and show you what I think is probably the lightest to the darkest of the next three. So that's again, the Lilac Haze by Aesthetica on Jameson, followed by our Ambrose. And oh goodness, I forgot what we are calling this color. I'll have to look that up. It's new. We just got a shipment in. I haven't even like put labels on it and it's not even up on the site. Um, but just so everybody knows, when we receive these shipments, we hold them for a while before we process them. That's for our safety, and that's, you know, for the safety of whoever is the UPS drivers and stuff like that. We're being very mindful of this COVID thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I just... Oh, we do have two people. Woo! Hey, two Hello! people. Hi, people. Nice to have you with us. We were just riffing until people joined us. So I'm glad you got here by the time I got to the presentation. I tried to filibuster a little yep. bit. So... <laughs> Um, but hello. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's start with, oh, and then the flurry by Kristen, which is the darkest of the bunch. So let's go ahead and plop this Jameson on. Now, my apologies in advance, but this is not my typical lighting scheme. And in fact, uh, I'm going to try turning off this overhead light because it's a little warm. Okay. It might make it a little dark in here for a second though. Meanwhile, I'll just stay here for eye candy. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, I don't know if you noticed, but we have the uh, Village Green Preservation Society behind Yay. Nigel, AKGG. Hello, if you're there. She, she sent this to us, yep. and uh, we we moved it so that way he could hang out while we're making the video. Yeah, <laughs> get, get a bit more light than in the bedroom. Now that I'm a bit more mobile, I can come out and water water the gang and all that sort of thing. I'm trying to keep an eye on the monitor to see what the color looks like, mm -hmm. and if you're picking up. Yeah purple i can turn this light up boop 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 light is up oh that's a little better that's mm. definitely better than what it was though because mm. it would have it would have looked way too gold yellowed, yeah yeah so i'm gonna stick with this for a little bit and just try to get a little closer so give me a second to move this stuff boop, boop, boop. my apologies to the podcast people for having to hear this part all right so I will do my best to verbally describe what these look like for the podcast folks, right. um, just so they can kind of get an idea. So the um, lilac haze is incredibly subtle. If you're a member of our Moon Kitty mix-up group on Facebook, you'll know when these first came out, I was like, <sighs> all these smokehouse colors. Um, they, they basically were kind of an, eh, it's me. And part of it was just because they're so subtle. Like when I get close, you can kind of see 
some of the purpley tones kind of like yeah from like a if i move my head you'll probably see them a little bit better yeah from like a foot away you can see it's a sort of a pink pink frosty sort of color it's my wig so i can i can beat it up a little bit um <laughs> but yeah i kept this one just because the color was intriguing and i knew i'd be showing it off to folks at some point to try to explain why i was so hesitant um, but yeah, I was very hesitant to add this one because overall it just looks very gray. And then when you move, or I mean, this is this is really how it looks. It's incredibly subtle. And when you move or you get it in like really bright light, you can see, I mean, really, really bright though, to the point where it gets a glare, you can see the purple. Mm. But it's really hard to photograph. And that is a problem for somebody who only does sales online because I need to be able, like I said, I need to be able to show these things off as accurately as possible. And, you know, the learning curve's steep. You know, I, I didn't go to school for Photoshop or anything like that. So we're, we're kind of picking it up as we go along. But as you can tell, this is, this is not like super purple. Sort of a pearly pink sort of. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more violet than uh, pink. So it's kind of like past, oh, there we go. It's kind of like pastel pink from their native Paris lines, but plum. Yes. That's exactly right. Cause that pastel pink is a little bit more of an off white and it has a little bit more of like a cotton candy baby whisper pink in it. I mean, it's barely, barely pink the same way this one is barely, barely purple, mm. but um, and just, just for the sake of comparison, I've got Flurry here on Kristen. And it's also not super duper purple, but you can probably pick up a little bit more of the plum. Yeah. But I think that the dark, the dark gray color that they use on the Flurry makes that purple look a little better. It makes it stand out, looks more metallic, which I think is really cool. Um, we'll get back to that in a moment. So this is Ambrose in the color I will have to look up at some point, but it's <laughs> coming soon. We just got the shipment. This is actually the first one I've taken out of the the package. We got 50 of these we made. I developed the color. I actually sent them a, a track from the back of the uh, oh, lilac frost that I gave my friend. Well, part of the reason why I had it to give was because I cut a track out of the back and I sent it to the factory. I was like, do that, but make the purple a little bit less grape ape, make it a little bit more, uh, you know, subtle, but give it a good root. So that's what this is. It's a medium brown root. The base is a really, really, really light gray. It's actually kind of similar to what's going on here with the um, Lilac Haze from Aesthetica. But just bear in mind that like that color is not rooted and I think it's more subtle, I mean, than, than what I currently have on. Because uh, what we did was, all we did was tone down that purple shade so that way it's a little bit more of a like dusty lilac color all on its own instead of being like, you know, um, Grimace purple. And then they blended it with that color and put the medium brown root on. So I think it's a little bit more dynamic. And I think that those, that's why we designed it that way. Cause I think those little details kind of help it achieve that sort of soft, barely purple, but it looks noticeably 
It's purple. Definitely more clearly purple than. I mean, that's what we were aiming the for. The one in your hand, yeah. Right. Or I mean, it's yeah. it's definitely a little bit more purple. Yeah. Um, but if you want more vibrant than that, the lilac frost from Hairdo, like I said earlier, is definitely more vibrant. It's got a dark root, um, almost like an off black, and then the the base color is a lot more vibrant. So if if this isn't doing it for you either, that color is very pretty and that's what that one looks like. So, all right, last one is the flurry. I've kind of flirted with the flurry and shown you um, what she looks like compared to other things, but let me just show you what she looks like on her own. This is on Kristen. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can see the purple on that when you shine the light obliquely on it. And see it from an angle, but straight on, it's, it's harder to tell. Yeah. I think this one photographs obscenely well in high-intensity studio lighting. Mm. <laughs> um, really. If you get it out in direct sunlight or high-intensity studio lighting, it is really, really kind of like a metallic thistle color. It's, it's mm. very pretty. And I think it's definitely got more purple, or at least more plum in it, than... The, the lilac haze from Aesthetica. Yeah, you can definitely see the streaks of purple in it. Yeah, and it's a little bit more dynamic because the base color is darker. Mm. I also think the rooting makes it kind of dynamic. Yeah. That way it doesn't... I mean, it looks intentional when there's mm. some rooting there. Is that too far up? Okay, cool. So that's that little demonstration. So <laughs> hopefully that helps explain... The differences because they can be really subtle particularly with colors that don't photograph that mm -hmm. well or weirdly enough this John Renault wig which photographs obscenely well but uh, in low light mm. kind of looks gray yeah. you know the ones I designed I try to make sure that they at least look still kind of purple even without that high intensity studio lighting mm -hmm. I like all of these colors though the lilac haze took me the longest to warm up to I think that was just because of how understated it is when I go weird I want to go all the way weird like <laughs> let your freak flag fly to say the alliterative and almost tongue-twisting comment <laughs> yeah I'm gonna turn the well let me show you what this one looks like I love this wig by the way super super stretchy and comfy and oh because the ones that I'm having designed for us, I always try to make sure that they're comfortable on me. So this might actually be kind of big on, on folks with a smaller head. Let's see where the ear tabs are even. This Rose Ella wig is kind of underappreciated, I think. She doesn't get a whole lot of attention on YouTube, but she's really, really cute. That's why I like it. That's why we did this one because yeah. I like it and I sort of wanted to shine a spotlight on it. So let's go ahead and get to the questions now that Alrighty. we've got some folks here with this. Three. Hey, we're up fifty percent. Hey, hey, hey. Um, yeah. So let's go over here now. All right. Let's see there. Now I'm gonna try. Oh, and since you guys are here now, I'll I'll let you know. Um, we are going to riff for probably about an hour total 
well, at least that's the goal. So we're already about 20 minutes into that, but we'll, we'll try to go uh, through the hour. And then mm -hmm. if you can give me another half hour, my goal, if I can keep it tight and stop myself from rambling, I'm going to, to you know, let Nigel chill out for a little bit and get out of his chair and get into a more comfortable spot somewhere. And I'm going to take you on a tour upstairs so you can see what my setups, mm. plural, look like. Because I want you to see how the patron money has been put to use already. I actually waited for the first three months before cashing anything out. And the first thing I did was buy a 4K camera. And I've even dipped into my own money a little bit more, you know, just to kind of show you I'm sort of matching the contributions a little bit. Oh, no worries. We're glad to have you, Serene. And you Hi, can, Serene. And you can always, um, you know, rewind whenever you get a chance. We figured we'd just riff and filibuster a bit <laughs> until, until, because it's my fault that, that this, this, this was so last minute. So we're happy you're here at all. All right. Yeah. So we went up another 50%. Hey, hey. Woo. Yeah. So what was I saying? Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to take you upstairs and show you all my stuff and mm. my creepy mannequin collection and <laughs> all that other stuff. It, I think it might surprise you what we've got going on, but it will explain why this is taking so long yeah. um, to get the, the YouTube videos up. So what I'm doing is I'm actually um, airing some stuff on Instagram right now. It's a little faster, shorter format, so I don't have to spend as much time on it. So just kind of give you guys a taste of what we're, we've got coming. Mm. Um, we've been putting that on the Instagram and I've been working on that for like a week now and it's just now starting to air so yeah, i watched the final edits last night yeah so I, I have a i have an obscenely gorgeous wife <laughs> i like you you're good for my self-esteem okay <laughs> i like you thank you hey, i mean every word of it oh well you know what before what? before i get started with the questions is there anything you'd like to tell people about what you've been doing and what's going on with Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, long-time viewers, long-time viewers may notice that my neck is now visible, as is the lower half of my face. Um, that is because every time I go into a hospital, my skin seems to dry out, and so I, I shaved the beard and mustache off just so I could get moisturizer on my face and, and keep it from, you know, peeling off. Oof. But, uh, yeah, I, this is not permanent I'm, I'm intending to grow it back i mean heather heather likes the change but i think she prefers the beard and i prefer the beard to be honest but uh... i like whatever makes you feel comfortable i think you're cute either way I'm, <laughs> well, i've married you i have to stare at this every day i'm fair enough i'm clearly fine with it okay fair enough <laughs> i like i like the beard though but yeah. to be honest anyway yes so that's that's why i have now have a naked face uh for the time being um, I think it looks younger without it on. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Uh, but it's it's like that cartoon I've posted on Moon Kitty where it shows the big strapping Spartan looking guy going, mm, 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 and then a little baby face going, what happened? <laughs> but yeah, um, that's how I feel whenever I shave. But uh, this, there's a reason for this, and I'll probably grow it back. If if people prefer me with a beard, so do I, and so that will come back eventually. How, how's your hip doing? Oh, the hips. The hips are fine. Um, yeah, um, I've had we've had to stop the uh, in-home physiotherapy for the time being because, you know, contagion and all that sort of thing. But uh, at the time uh, we stopped about a week or two ago, um, I was pretty much able to limp a little bit without a walker. And since then, I've actually done a couple... Uh, laps around the neighborhood 
you know, one, one lap around the neighborhood a day. Not uh, jogging, he's walking. Walking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> without the walker. Yes. Um, it's a bit creaky, um, and I do need a bit of a rest afterwards, but yeah, I'm coming along. I can get, yeah. a, get, a, get along without the walker too, too badly and hobble about the house a bit and even do a bit of cooking sometimes. Yeah, the only reason why he's sitting in the wheelchair right now is because it's more comfortable if he, have to, if he has to sit for a little bit it, longer. It's, it's just a more comfortable place to sit is all. Yeah, really. his hip's still a little bit creaky, so if yeah. he sits on a real rigid surface or one that doesn't have enough support, it, yeah. it still causes him discomfort. Yeah, I was, I was doing YouTube, uh, catching up on some YouTube comments uh, earlier and uh, the office chair is uh, a bit too hard so i think i'll, I'll swap yeah, that out we can clear space for it yeah no yeah. worries no worries we'll, we'll figure uh, that out but yeah so on the whole i'm doing well thank you for all those people who have been asking and uh my plant garden is is doing well i've watered <laughs> it the other day and uh, it's growing well we've moved out into a bit more sunlight so still beautiful oh yeah still yes. looks good still looks good it's growing God a bit village green yeah yes. <laughs> yeah so that's that's good um and I've lost weight, uh, which you can see now that I have a neck. So. Uh, yes, he's been on my diet. Yeah. It's been working well. Yeah. So, yay. And I'm down to lighter than I've been since, like, I can remember. Uh, I'm lighter than I was in my high school fencing days. So. You fences. Well, not so much anymore. Oh, look, look at, he's playing oh, yeah. with his ring. My, my, my ring. It doesn't even stay on anymore. <laughs> I'm just wearing this for show at the moment because, I mean, at, at this point, it'll just drop right off if I'm not careful. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this is going back in the jewelry box until we can get it tightened a bit. And as, as far as the, uh, the C. diff. Oh, yeah, the C. diff. He's, he's actually doing a lot better. Oh, yeah. The worst of that was actually two weeks ago. And it... it, it oh, it was awful. Yeah, it was. But... Uh, like I said, the worst of it was two weeks ago, and it started to apparently clear up by itself uh, before uh, before the tests came back. So it was like another week and a half before we got the test results back. Yeah. And things had started to normalize. But I'm still taking the vancomycin religiously on schedule and drinking lots of water and doing all the helpful hints that all the yeah. people in the medical uh, fields who are our fans and viewers have suggested. So yes, I'm being a very good boy and <laughs> following all my instructions and doing a good job he of He is. That. I can vouch for it. He's, he's being very good. And I am feeling much better pretty much all around for everything. Thank you. Yeah. So, yay. Yeah, so thank you for asking, folks. One thing that I found really cute is that while he was recovering, he spent a lot of time in that Moon Kitty group. Like, he was talking to oh, our yeah. ladies all the time, which I really appreciate because I am very overextended. When I show you what's going on upstairs, I think it will all gel that, oh my goodness, this is a lot because it's, it's an obscene amount of work. Yeah, 16 to, eight, <laughs> 16 to 18 hour work days are not uncommon for this young lady. Yeah, it's, it's an obscene amount of work, but I, I enjoy it. So it's, mm. you know, it's hard to stop yourself when you're passionate about something. Mm. I know I have to come up for air at some point, but... Or food. Yeah, I do stop for food. I'll be making chicken and vegetables later tonight. He's been cooking again. It's very nice. Though I cook pretty well. Yes, you do. You do a very good job. Your slop is amazing. I turned I turned him on to tuna and mangoes. Yeah. And what else? Squash. Squash. The wonders and avocados. of squash. And avocados. I love avocados. Yeah, well, the, the stuff I've had before, like tuna, 
has, has never been good for me, and avocados and mangoes have never been very good in, well, anywhere I've got them before. And then Heather introduced me to what it's like when you actually get good, ripe stuff. It's amazing. It is. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, give me just a second. I want to get all this on screen. Okay, so now I'm going to start doing questions. So, okay. And I'm just going to go ahead and read these out. I have not actually reviewed these yet because I wanted my responses to be as, you know, spontaneous and unrehearsed as possible. Hopefully that doesn't sound like a complete cop out. So here we go. When you run out of ideas for videos, I'd love to see some long form video on how you customize your wigs. I've been afraid to do much to mine, but I see that I could be doing more and enjoying them more than I already am. I could also use a little, little video guide on how to determine a wig's end of useful life. I don't know that I've ever worn one long enough to wear it out, but as I hone in on the styles and colors I really like, I am wearing them longer. Okay, that's all really good, and I'm gonna keep those ideas um, for a video um, in the future, just to make sure I kind of touch on those topics um, right now, mm. is that, um, let's see, when it comes to knowing the end of a wig's usable life, that is very subjective because it depends on your your own ability to work with the hair. Um, obviously, somebody who is a cosmetologist or has cut hair professionally is going to be able to get a lot more life out of a wig than somebody who has you know can barely even braid their own hair. Um, so you know it depends on your own skill level because if you are good at working hair you can usually get these to last a really long time because you can cut them you can steam them you can style them but the problem is that a lot of people unfortunately think that this is like barbie's dream hair and when they get it because we see this when people try to return their mistakes to us all the time this is why we have to inspect every wig that comes in because people take scissors to it thinking that they've develop these skills magically. And I have to tell you guys, unfortunately, synthetic hair in particular is much harder to cut than human hair. It is harder to cut, it's harder to style, and you can't use regular heat tools. You have to use specialized tools and equipment. You have to use wet heat to modify the hair. And you have to be really careful when you're using things like razors and stuff, because remember all the, the times I say that when you see frizzy ends on a synthetic wig it's because it's like a balloon ribbon when you pull it it kinks back up curlier mm. well that's what you do when you try to use a razor to cut synthetic hair and you don't know what you're doing you end up pulling it like a balloon ribbon which makes a ton of bushy ends right if you're pulling it at all while you're styling it or you're cutting it you get frizzy ends and then especially if you're trying to curl it it takes a long time to try to then fix that without ruining the curl you just put in. Chances are you're gonna to have to set the curl all over again, straighten it all out and set the curl again. It's it's very frustrating if, if you're new to it and have you know no prior experience um, with synthetic hair in particular. Um, so for the typical wig wearer that does not know how to cut and um, you know really finesse the hair like that, um, which again, sh you shouldn't be ashamed if you don't know how to do those things because it is very hard to do and in fact there are, are lots of cosmetologists who cannot handle synthetic hair properly because they don't really go over it in great detail in cosmetology school in fact they hire people like me mm. to go talk to their, their students about synthetic hair because it's such a specialized thing so don't 
don't feel bad if you're not comfortable or you don't feel co confident enough to do this because it's a specialized thing even for cosmetologists. So don't feel bad there. But um, for most people who are in that boat and don't have those skills, it's probably gonna be the kind of expirations that we show you on the, the website. And the reason why we say that is because it depends on how quickly you end up with those bushy ends. Because when you get bushy ends on a wig, it stops moving naturally. It starts to move like a monolithic singular unit. And sometimes you'll get that with really short hair. When you first get it, you need to wash it so it kind of gets a little less stiff. But with long wigs, when they start to bunch up and clump together, it can be very obvious. This is definitely the case with heat-friendly synthetics because they clump. And so you end up with like these separated sections that all move really rigidly. <laughs> so when you start to notice that the wig is wearing like that and no amount of steam seems to be fixing it and no product you put on fixes it and you can't cut it, that wig's had it, had, it's, it should be put out to pasture. That is mm. the end of that wig's wearable life. The minute it starts to look like it's not natural, no matter what you do to it, the whole point of these puppies and the reason why you're paying a premium price is for the realism that comes with some of these hand tied features and the more thoughtful color designs and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're gonna, if you're going to, um, he, I told him before we started, by the way, yeah. I tapped him because he forgets that there's an audience and like, he doesn't look at the camera. Yeah. Look at the camera. Okay. Sorry. You're handsome. They want to see you. Hi. Hello. <laughs> anyway. Um, sorry. Yeah. I, I, I'm just transfixed by your amazing beauty <laughs> and acumen. You like it when I get all pro professory? Yes. Yes. I made it for work. I like smart chicks. <laughs> um, so what was I saying? I was rambling. Uh, you were talking about how uh, if you if you if not very adept oh, at styling, it the, bunches up like Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. Yeah, and so once it gets to that point, it's time to get a new one. And in fact, when you start to feel that spongy sensation all over the bottoms, and it starts to move, real spongy. You know, you've probably got another couple weeks before it's it's time to put it out to pasture. Once it gets the full blown shredded wheat Brillo pad, you'll wanna you'll wanna chuck it in the bin because yeah. yeah. All right, so let's see. Um, and how I customize my wigs, I don't I don't really do much personally to customize them. Mm. Uh, I mean, aside from the ones that we're charging people. <laughs> for those customizations. And so mm. in that case, I'd rather not share what I'm doing there because the whole point is I'm trying to make money here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give a lot of stuff away for free and a lot of information away for free. But uh, for one thing, I'd be scared to put that information out there, not because of the financial aspect, but because a lot of folks, like I said, overestimate their abilities. And I don't want them to hold me personally responsible when they destroy their wigs because they don't know what they're doing. Um, there is a definite learning curve to some of the, the tricks of the trade and you can very easily destroy the hair. Like yeah. I have destroyed a lot of hair in the process of figuring this out. I have burnt wigs. I have melted wigs. I have completely butchered wigs. Yeah. I've, 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 <laughs> I've seen, I've seen the remnants and, uh, yeah. Oh, I kept it, all the it, failed experiments. It takes, it takes a lot of practice, and Heather was using uh, beater wigs anyway. So uh, it was a case of um, 
practice gets you there eventually, but you're going to have to write a few off. I I was uh, destroying a fair number of Forever Young Quicks there for a hot minute. I was doing all sorts of crap. I was throwing them in the laundry machine. I I was doing all kinds of stuff just to kind of test the limits without it being you know, my expensive pieces. So yeah, yeah, I butchered a lot of hair. Yeah. Oh, we have another person who joined us. Hello, fifth person. Yes. Um, Okay, so moving on to the next questions. I mean, I I hope that wasn't too too real of an answer. I just want to make sure I'm honest with you guys. I wouldn't be honest if I wasn't like, hey, I'm trying to make a living, you Mm. know? Um, Let's see. But I feel like I can do that and still, you know, be helpful to people and stuff. Mm. Hopefully this is a demonstration of that. So let's see. Um, Someone did ask a bunch of questions. Ah, y'all live in one of the hottest, most, I love that she typed y'all. Y'all live in one of the hottest, most humid states in the country. So could you share some of your hot weather hair tips? Um, okay. I wear a liner under my wigs now basically all the time. I'm in love with the Milano grip cap. Um, I know that this is something that, you know, the reviews on my website are a little mixed. I think part of that's just because of the price, Mm. but I love this thing. I I think that it helps absorb sweat really nicely. Um, it's kind of like a sock for your head built into a grip. And it's very accommodating. I like it because I get headaches really easily. Mm. And so this kind of eliminates the pressure points a little bit, but it's also great when it's hot outside because it helps kind of, I know it's gross, but it absorbs the sweat so it doesn't get in your wig. So you can still go a while without washing the wig. You just put this in the washing machine and it's good to go. Cause that, that's one thing that will help prolong the life of your synthetics is if you don't wash them a whole lot. I mean, but you gotta make sure they're still hygienic and clean and stuff. So there we go. That's back on. Marvelous. But yeah. And I also tend to wear human hair more often in the summertime that or really, really short pixies. Um, I sometimes like, here are just some of the ones I've worn during the summer. I, I've worn Eve by Envy, Ignite by John Renault, trying to think, Carlotta I wore one summer, like obsessively, Ray by Renee Paris. I tend to gravitate towards short ones that aren't like super duper short, but definitely shorter than something like this Rosella. And so shorter wigs, human hair is fantastic, particularly if you still want long hair, you know, human hair breathes a little better. It's like the difference between cotton and polyester. So um, that's really, really helpful. And, uh, yeah, just wear a liner so that way your wigs don't get gross and it'll help keep you cool. The difference between wearing sneakers with or without a sock. Um, that's how much of a difference it it makes to me. Mm -hmm. So question two, can you get sunburn through the west of a wig? Oh yeah, totally. 100% yes. Anywhere where your scalp is exposed, even the, the part, the part, you can absolutely get sunburnt through the part, just like you would if you weren't wearing a wig, your mm. part could get burnt. Now you get a little bit of additional protection compared to somebody who's got bio hair, unless that person got really, really, really thick bio hair. Mm. Um, but uh, I think that uh, the best thing to do is just make sure you're covered. You know, I like to wear kind of like slouchy, stretchy hats as opposed to like ball caps. 
over my wigs because I don't want to compress the hair too much. Mm. Um, but another thing to do is to just forego the wig and put the hat on. I do that all the time. People don't even think twice about it. Mm. Um, then again, that's because I think most people know I'm an eccentric that wears wigs all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think it's that shocking, but, um, yeah, I mean, there, there are different strategies, but in general, just make sure your head is completely covered. They also sell hats that have hair attached. Um, you know, so we, we usually carry those in the summer. They're a Henry Margu product. Mm-hmm. John Renault makes a version too, and there, there are different um, halos and whatnot that you can coordinate with hats, which are arguably more um, comfortable than wearing a full wig under a hat, but you, you got to keep the hat on all day. Mm. So let's see here. Um, do you personally, or through your sister wigs business, do you any donations of wigs or wig accessories in your local area or outside of your local area? We do donate wigs. I have one charity that I donate wigs to, and this is not something that we talk about very frequently because what I want to avoid is the appearance of tokenism. Um, I don't, I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're being used as a prop. Uh, and I take that very seriously. Um, we actually donate to Fantasia Fair, um, which is um, one of the longest running, or it might be the longest running um, transgender sort of, um, you know, get together community festival thing. It's like a big party. I want to, I want to go someday. I think mm-hmm. it'd be a lot of fun. Um, but we we do donate hair. Um, I think we've done it every year since. Uh, Serena turned us on to it, but, mm. but we, what we do is stuff on wig closeouts that, you know, looks femme, right? We, we don't want to necessarily send them a bunch of pixies and stuff, uh, maybe a couple, but we, we try to keep it kind of femme looking, um, but stuff that looks kind of femme that has been sitting around a little while, but is cute, right? You know, um, but luckily that's gotten a lot easier with time because we've been pruning our product catalog. So most of the stuff we carry at this point is stuff that I think is pretty cute. Mm. At least in real life is pretty cute. Sometimes the pictures aren't that great, but the wigs are cute. Um, but yeah, so that, um, is something we donate to every year. Um, we donate a bunch of wigs to them every year. Um, and part of it is just because, um, we have trans employees, um, and it's some, something that, you know, we try to be very sensitive to because, um, you know, for, for people as somebody with PCOS who doesn't have a lot of hair, I know how deeply appearance is tied to your sense of well being, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how whole you can feel. I'm going to move the camera since you're not centered. There we go. Okay. Thank you. Uh, no problem. But, um, you know, people, it's, it's a sensitive topic, I guess it's, I I guess it's kind of tongue tied, but I mean, it's such a, it means a lot to folks who, you know, don't know what to look for and don't know where to start often for, for transgender folks. Like a wig is like the first step in them trying to, you know, figure out, how they want to present themselves in the world. Mm. And I think that that is um, an honor and a blessing and really cool. And so we, we try, we try to support that as much as possible. Um, Anytime you can help someone just be themselves or feel comfortable 
in themselves. That's 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 oh, a yeah. win right there. I mean, people people look at me and you know they think white male. What does he know about outside? I have a funny accent. <laughs> so yeah. I understand a bit. Yeah, I understand a bit. Being able to be yourself is important. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of people just need to hear, you're okay. You know? Yeah. I'm cool with you. We can be friends. Yeah. Like, that it doesn't always have to be like me, you know, summing somebody up so I can pick them apart. Like, it feels like a lot of times people kind of get, you know, conditioned to behave like that where like they can't just like be nice and talk to people it's like they have to sum them up and figure out what they're about and mm -hmm. do i even want to talk to you oh i don't like people like that you know like yeah. for anybody who who would ever object to us donating to you know a transgender group you know i would just like to say you don't have to necessarily agree with somebody you don't necessarily even have to understand what they're about mm. if the core of who they are is beautiful you know, if the core of who they are is a fundamentally good person, then that is what should be the most important thing. And it's not my job to, to judge whether or not I agree with their life choices because I don't have to live their lives. As long as they're not hurting anybody, exactly. then everyone, like the, the same truth is for everybody. Like you can be whoever you want as long as that person's not like Hannibal Lecter, right? And I can be whoever I want as long as I'm not like the Unabomber and we can, we can be cool. But Hannibal has some delicious sounding recipes, to be honest. I don't want to know. Okay. Okay. Why is it always back to cannibalism with you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, we, we, I aired a video where you just, like, randomly went off on cannibalism. That's, like, number two for these patrons. <laughs> oh, honey. Okay. What, what have you been reading? <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, Red Dragon... <laughs> I just gave like this kumbaya speech. We were having a moment, and then, <laughs> and then right back to cannibalism. What well, you didn't mentioned it in the first place. Oh man. I'm putting that squarely on you. Oh gosh, what have I been reading? You've just been hanging around with me too much. You're rubbing off on me. It's it's the cabin <laughs> fever. It's the cabin fever. Oh man. Okay, so let's see. Uh, do you have any hands-on training for those new to hair loss and the challenges of learning about alternative hair? Uh, it, it depends. Like, I do have a lot of videos that we've made throughout the years, and I haven't taken them down, even if the wigs I'm wearing in them um, aren't offered anymore or anything yeah. like that. Um, I mean, I do pull some videos because I want to uh, help people kind of hone in on the good stuff. Um, but that's an ongoing process. But we do we do have a lot of videos. Um, I think that I'm kind of torn about how deeply I want to get into into making content like that. Sim and here's the the truth: it's there are so many people out there now who are making content just like that. And um, you know, I I don't necessarily always want to feel like I'm competing with other people um, because it does become kind of competitive mm -hmm. when there are multiple people making the same kind of content. And then, you know, they start copying what I do and they, they start getting, you know, and do weird, weird stuff. I'm not going to talk too deeply about it, but it gets kind of, kind of, um, cutthroat. Let's say intense. Mm -hmm. It gets intense sometimes. And, you know, I want to avoid stepping on other people's toes and hope that they won't come after me because it feels like that happens a lot. But uh, 
Yeah, it's just um, I'm afraid at this point to get into content like that. I'd rather figure out where there are holes in the content that's out there where, you know, there, there aren't people talking about certain topics or doing certain things with mm. the products. And that's where I want to go. Either I want to try to figure out a novel way of displaying them or I want to figure out a novel way of talking about them. But at any rate, I'm experimenting with different things at the moment to try to find... Um, the other issue is that so many people have copied what I've done. I've basically stuck to the same formula more or less since roughly, I mean, I played around a bit, caught on to, to my formula around 2015. And you'll notice if you watch my content from back there, then that basically everybody's copying that stuff. And, and that's not a jab at them. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but it is pretty obvious that there's a formula and that, you know, it's, it's all more or less the same content at this point. And I feel like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's good to have multiple voices talking about these these subjects. Um, I don't like it necessarily when people are mean to me or, you know, copy me and then don't give me any credit. That's kind of a bummer. But, it you know, it is good for the wig community to have all those people out there helping out. So, you know, I can put my own stuff aside and realize that's a net good for everybody and just make peace with it. But I want to try to make sure that whenever I'm contributing to the conversation, it's something that needs to be said. I, I don't necessarily want to just make content for the sake of making it anymore. So mm. if I come up with a, an idea for a video about training stuff where I feel like, hey, that's 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 important and I don't think anybody's talking about it, mm. I will definitely do that. And it's not it's not for the views. It's for the viewers. It's It's so that way... Um, you know, I know I'm actually putting something out there that is genuinely helpful and doesn't just seem like another voice in, in the cacophony of yeah. YouTube wannabe influencers, myself yeah. included. So, um, yeah, stand out, <laughs> be unique, be helpful. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I want to be a little bit more unique than a resume where, you know, yeah. it's like stand out, but be exactly the same as everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Can you recommend the best way to donate gently used wigs? Probably selling them on eBay. I know that that's not really donating them. The other thing you could do is trade them. There are Facebook groups, um, that are set up for those sorts of trades, but most charities will not accept used wigs. And in fact, the stuff that we send to Fantasia Fair every year is, is new product. I'm sure they're returns, but they're still in new condition. We wouldn't send anything that didn't pass our inspection and wasn't good quality. Mm. Um, but the thing is when, and I kind of understand where a lot of these charity groups are coming from because if, um, I mean, I actually, when we first opened the first two years, I would, I would do, um, charity giveaways where I was basically like, Hey, in exchange for just, you know, sharing your story to help the wig community, you can do it anonymously. Mm. Right. But just by sharing your story of why you wear the wigs, you know, we'll, we'll enter you in the raffle for one of these um, wigs and they were nice wigs. They were like, they, they were really nice. Um, I would try to pick the best stuff that we had in the warehouse. And the choosing beggars quotient was pretty obscene. It, oh boy. it was pretty obscene. Like we, I, I doing business online is such a double edged, edged sword because you have more access to, to people. So you have more access to really, really super nice people like mm -hmm. folks we're talking to. Yeah. And then you have lots of access to other people too. <laughs> 
and uh... the kind of people who say, "Well, that's nice, but could I have the five thousand dollar human hair wig from so and so for oh, free?" Oh no, 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 no! It's worse than that. Like a lot of these folks that we gave free wigs to, free new wigs to, um, would try to then, you know, uh, harass us on social media to try to get us to exchange them for free human hair wigs because. Of course we would do that. No, we would never do that. Um, you know, if I was going to give away human hair, we would have just given away human hair, but I didn't have the money for that. So we were giving away synthetics. But anyway, long story short, it just didn't go well. And so I can imagine that if what I experienced is even just a fraction of what these charities experience, I mean, I can kind of understand why they would be yeah. really rigid about not only what they accept, but who they give the stuff to. Mm-hmm. Um and most of the charities that I'm aware of, they need, you know, a valid diagnosis, but they also don't accept used wigs. Mm. So long story short, your best bet is probably Facebook or eBay in that regard. Or if you have a church that you attend, you could probably donate them to the church and they could probably, you know, distribute them to parishioners or something like that who might need the hair. But I mean, that's kind of a long shot. Um, mm. Like usually your best bet is to try to, posh market something like that Mm. which again i know is not really donating it um there's not really much of a charity market for used hair but you Mm. can you can sell them for very little money you know basically just offset the charge of the shipping um and then you know that's almost like completely donating it um what is the best way for the environment for wigs to be recycled by human hair Mm mm-hmm there, there's, there's no way to recycle these. Um, so, I mean, a lot of polyesters in general can't be recycled. Um, so, uh, you know, I, th- I think I think that if biodegradability is... I mean, I touched on this in the last AMA, so I won't talk about it in great detail here. But, you know, if, if um, biodegradability is really important, you'll want to make sure that uh, you get a biological material. So human hair is the way to go there. Hmm. Um how do you choose a manufacturer to work with when designing your own company line of wigs? How complicated a process is it? It's incredibly complicated and very expensive. <laughs> it's yeah. We were yes. touching on this earlier in the broadcast, yes. but uh, yeah, sometimes uh, it it and to sort of blend this with the next question: How long does it take to develop some of your blended shades? It can take months of work from anywhere from nine to 12 months and that's if everything goes well and as heather was saying the uh, jeweled peacock took forever <laughs> took, as she said i i thought it was like 16 to 18 months she said it was nigh on two years and wow yeah, it was a long time um and yeah. the and it takes a while to pay for that stuff too yeah, like the 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 color development expense is substantial it's several mm. thousand dollars and then every time we order samples that's more Mm-hmm. And uh, then, then there's shipping time back and, and there's forth. MOQs, minimum order quantities. You yeah. you have you have to order a whole lot of these things at, at a time, which is why I want to make sure I really really like them, because if nobody buys them, I'm stuck with the rest, and I better yeah. I better like what I'm stuck with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because if this turns into like a vanity project where I'm just making a bunch of wigs for myself to wear, then they better be really stinking cute. I think that works out well for everybody though. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
I'm, I'm running a little bit long, but let's, let's move on to the next one. Uh, how long does the entire process to create a new piece from start to end to finish take? It um, depends on the piece, depends on the complexity. If I'm using another brand's color palette, like, mm. like la, the color palette, like let's say, um, I didn't say that word palette for a second, but like, let's say we're talking about Phoenix, the thing we're, we're making with Beltrust right now. And we received those and those have been going out to folks. Um, that I used their existing color palette and I basically just had our stylist customize a wig. I literally had her take a Jones by Aesthetica and cut it, right? The way that I would want it. And that, I mean, I wanted her to make it look a little bit more like the product photos. And then we sent that to Beltrust. They duplicated it. Yeah. It, it didn't take that long. Uh, and it is different from, from um, Hunter and Jones and page by Henry Margu because we modified it. So that way it would look more like the pictures. A little secret you guys may not know is that the wigs that they take in the photos for these model shoots are not the same units that they're actually selling you. They're prototypes and they're intentionally made in an average large cap size. They don't sell them in an average large cap size, but these prototypes are made specifically for the model shoots in an average large cap size because the models have hair and they're typically very tall Amazon women with very large heads and they got to make it look like, you know, that they're, they're, they're an average woman who just happens to have an extremely long neck. Right. And, and very, very long neck and very graceful, like a swan. And then they, they, they put these specially made pieces on them over their hair. They usually have to have their hair braided up under the caps. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a huge production, but that that definitely changes the appearance of some of the wigs. And the difference between that prototype version of Jones and what Jones actually looks like in real life are completely different. Like mm. they don't look anything at all like. So what we did was we tried to approximate what that prototype looked like because it was sweet. And, mm. <laughs> and then we sent that to Beltrust and we're like, hey, can you make this happen? And they were like, sure. And it took probably five months that was a pretty quick turnaround. it was a real quick turnaround because because we use their colors the color development takes forever oh, if, yeah. if we develop new colors that takes months because i'm so incredibly picky and and at this point like i said i want to take pictures of all of them on me to make sure that no matter what the lighting they still look cool um you know so we've got this low light on and i still think this color looks pretty rad like we i test the crap out of this stuff before we send it out and the, with the colors, that can be really excruciating because sometimes we're talking about really subtle differences mm. with just like the ratios and the blends. That was another thing about Jewel Peacock that was insane. It's because it has so many different colors in it, figuring out how much of which color we wanted in each blend. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, we went through so many samples. <laughs> oh, it was rough. But I, I like what we settled upon because oh, it, yeah. it, it looks really cool still. Um, let's see here. Um, what is your personal all-time favorite wig and why? I don't know if I have a single favorite. I've tried so many of them. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on what I'm wearing it for. Like, if I were going to just talk about a workhorse wig you can wear to work, wear to school, doesn't cost a whole lot, I'd say probably Kristen by John Renault is a contender. That's a great wig. It, it looks really high-end and mm. doesn't cost as much as a high-end wig would. Um, it does have permities in it, but I kind of like permities because it takes me from having like an inverted triangle face to having more of like a diamond. But, uh, I, I really enjoy, um, that wig. If I'm talking fancy wigs, 
wig. Dress up wigs. I particularly like the ones you wore for the wedding. Those were Clary's wigs. Mm. The problem with the Clary's wigs, though, is that they mm. were super, super, super thick. Yeah. And they didn't really hold a curl really well. So I basically had to wear it straight. But it, it still looked really pretty. It just looked like a lot of hair. Yeah. By the way, mm -hmm. that's one of the ones that I had Shadita modify. So, oh, yeah. So we could try to sell it. I think I had her cut it into a bob. Oh, yeah. So I may not sell it, though, because it's our wedding wig. But I yeah. really... I think that one will look really cool when she's done with it. Mm. Let's see if there are any more of them. Boop, boop, boop. What, if anything, would you like to see change in the alternative hair business? I have two things that I think are really um, my big pet peeves, and I'll, I'll try not to belabor the points too much. Um, but uh, I hate the competitiveness. And I mean, I'm not afraid of competition. Competition doesn't bother me. I feel like competition is a great thing because it makes people, it gives people, it gives people like me, okay, motivation to keep improving. You can't, you can't rest on your laurels, laurels. You can't get complacent. Mm. I need that kind of extrinsic motivation. But you know, what I don't like is, is some of the bullying that goes on behind the scenes, you yeah. know, because it's like very it's kind of intense sometimes, but it has a really smiley, happy demeanor publicly. Mean girls type stuff. Oh, it's totally mean girls territory. And it's, it, that sucks. I think that that is something that is toxic for everybody. Yeah. And the thing is people find out, they find out. So how about, you know, we just not, right? I've been bullied and targeted and I've had people commit like full on like sabotage against me and my company on multiple occasions. I've, I've been around when it's happened. It's, it's rough. It's appalling. It's really rough. And then those people are like, well, Heather wasn't very nice. Usually because when I react to what they're doing to me, I'm not necessarily, oh, well, that's all right. Huh? You know, like I usually get kind of ticked off. Yeah. It's the, type of <laughs> the type of people who, who like poke their siblings with yeah. a sharp stick. And then when the sibling finally goes, quit it. And they go, Mom, he hit me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you've been poking her with a sharp yeah. stick for yeah. God knows how long. I, I, I try not to let it break me down, but I, I would be, I would be lying if I didn't admit that it makes me a little upset sometimes. It's, it makes, it takes that motivation away sometimes because it's like, oh, God, I know how this person is in real life. Oh, you know, and I. Especially when they're being offered up in my recommended constantly. I want to like the people that are being shoved in front of my face constantly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, such is life. I just I just wish that, you know, it could be like bumblebees. I leave them alone. They leave me alone. We all just kind of do our thing. And they're cute and fluffy. Yeah, and everybody's cute and fluffy and pollinating. And it's great. You know, I like honey. But no, I, I wish that that weren't such a big issue. But, you know, mm. unfortunately, some people just like to be basic so let's let's say that's not cool and then the other thing that really bums me out is the way that the industry handles returns <sighs> o m g there is nothing in this industry that ticks me off more than the rampant return recycling if all of the retailers would grow a damn spine and tell people, hey, this wig is gross, it clearly smells like 
you wore it a lot and then didn't wash it and then returned it. Oh, and you cut a big chunk out of the front of it. I'm not going to take this back. If everybody acted like my store acts, these gross returns would not be back in circulation. Because what happens is, is that the manufacturers take take these, well, the retailers take these things. They don't, they don't want the people to, you know, put them on blast on social media. So rather than saying, no, I'm sorry, this is gross, and it's a clear violation of our return policy, mm. you know, and it's usually the really small stores that fall for this, by the way. The bigger stores, they have enough of a good reputation behind them through years of doing the right thing that, you know, a couple randos being crazy and saying, they're a total ripoff, don't buy from them. But but because they don't want to say no to people, they accept those returns, and of course, they don't want to be stuck with them, so they send them back to the supplier. The supplier usually takes a percentage off the top and then puts them back into inventory. They do not make, none of the suppliers that, that accept returns in this nature, and not all of them do, but of the ones who do, they make no distinction in their inventory between items that have been returned and things that are fresh from the factory. I know, I ask all the time, and they, they either don't keep those records or they won't share them. And so I can't avoid it, which is excruciating because I do not want to send returns out to my customers as new products, like ever. And I don't always have a choice because I'm not always told of it. They, they don't share that information. And if, if they do, they probably only do it with stores that are way, way, way bigger than mine. Mm. And I think that that's really gross. I feel like if, you know, you know how we do on with closeouts when we, when we're selling stuff that's open box, we take a discount off the top, so, you know, cause we want there to be a clear distinction. We even have it, have it on its own separate website. Mm -hmm. So that way it draws a clear distinction. These are the returns and these are not mm -hmm. right. So it is infuriating to me as somebody who has that kind of, you know, baked in hardcore stance on it. That, you know, I have no control over what the suppliers are doing on my behalf. That's a, that's a gigantic pet peeve. And I think the only way to really correct it is if everybody across the board got way stricter about the, the quality of the returns they're willing to accept. And that includes the suppliers. They should push back so that, you know, they should inspect these things individually and push back and say, no, this has clear signs of styling damage. Someone's clearly worn this. We're not going to accept this back. Right. And then if the, the retailers can't send that stuff back, then they have to get stricter. And then once they start pushing back and that, and you know, the mob isn't running the scene, the quality will go up all the way across the board because people won't be able to use the products and then try to send them back and pretend that they're new. So yeah. it's a, it's a pretty big systemic problem. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have nightmares of you saying, ma'am. Sorry. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> um, anymore. Uh, where, besides wherever Nigel is, is your most favorite place to be on Earth? Well, you know what? I'm going to let Nigel answer this one because I've been doing a lot of talking. So where's your favorite place to be? My favorite places to be on Earth. Um, well, uh, I, I can't narrow it down to one because I've been to a, a few very nice places. Um, when I was younger, I, I had, a, I was on a couple trips to Colorado and that's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I wouldn't want to be there in winter, of course, but, uh, during the summer, it's absolutely lovely. The, the, the wildflower meadows, you can still get snow on the mountain tops, uh, in July 
and or at least when I was there back in the 1980s I'm not sure how how the glaciers have adapted since then but beautiful scenery lovely food just marvelous place to be fresh air surrounded by nature glorious glorious place um, I'm quite fond of uh, Devonshire the county I'm from it's beautiful um, yeah nice scenery um, go out walking in in the uh, Dartmoor National Park uh, which is where the Hound of the Baskervilles was set um, but yeah you can go out there and see these little ponies wandering about I fed one I fed one it came up to, I didn't meet well I didn't feed it I didn't petted feed it, it. Yeah. I petted it because you weren't allowed to feed them but it came right up to me and then when it noticed that I wasn't going to feed him he went off away yeah. kind, of, <laughs> kind of lost interest it's like food and I was like, he likes me. I can talk to the animals. And yeah, I've got food. <laughs> oh, he doesn't like me. But they're cute. They're, they're cute. adorable. They yeah. come up to like here on me. They're super tiny. Yeah, they're, they're, they're small and they're cute and they're, they're, they're nice. Um, yeah, beautiful scenery there. Again, nice food. Uh, that features quite a lot in uh, in where I like a place. I mean, I could say the same about Guatemala. Guatemala, beautiful scenery, nice food, friendly people. Um, what, one thing you really need to know about my husband is that whatever he tells people about where he's been, the story is like 98% food. Not and always. The... Not always. <laughs> no, no. It's either food or it's some excursion to get food or him reminiscing about past food they don't make anymore or the bowl of cereal he had when he was eight. Oh, Christmas is delicious. <laughs> I haven't had it since, but uh, no. no, 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 seriously. No, he's gone on and on about like booberry. Oh, booberry cereal is great. I love booberry cereal. Didn't like any of the other monster cereals, but Booberry was good. I've, I've gotten, I, like, it was basically like a college-level lecture. Mm. It was it was exquisitely crafted, <laughs> very well articulated about, My thesis. about the virtues of Booberry, Frankenberry, and Count Chocula, and the, the very long backstories of all of these and the characters behind them. Well, there's also the long, long-lost fruit... <laughs> brute and yummy mummy but uh, and why why don't they have all all the <laughs> okay all, all the universal monsters have cereals but w what happened to the invisible man you can make it invisible mango or um, um but you'd see it that's not truth in advertising but it'd be mango flavored anyway <laughs> i think we may have stumbled upon the answer to that question but though. anyway yes <laughs> Metaluna fruitant. Anyway. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I've also liked um, Florida. The, 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 was it the Tampa Bay area down where, where your relatives lived? Yeah, that was yeah. nice. We visited no, that. No, they're, they're like, um, we went to Siesta Key. When Siesta my, Key, yeah, when we were visiting them. My Aunt Kitty um, passed away from uh, breast cancer. But she was like a wild woman. Like, Harley, like in her 80s. Biker grandma. Driving a Har riding a Harley. Like, we knew when she sold the Harley that that was it. <clears throat> like, pr prior to that. Skydiving biker grandma. She was grandma. skydiving, scuba diving. She, very crazy wild woman, you know? She was awesome. Absolutely lovely lady. And when we went down there to, to visit her um, towards the end, she held out 
because she wanted to meet him. She was very sad that she couldn't come to the wedding, but she got yeah. she got to meet him. We made a special trip there, and she gave us a bunch of money and was like, go party. I can't party. Don't sit around here and mope around. Go party, was essentially how that uh, went. Yeah, and so we did. We totally did. And we had slushy drinks on the beach. Oh, the beach. The, the, the sunsets were beautiful. We saw dolphins and... Uh, manatees. Manatees. Little chubby babies. Oh, little chubby gray water potatoes. They're so cute. And blobby. <laughs> well, I think I sat there transfixed at the power station. Um, yeah. They're in Bradenton. Is it Bradenton? It's Bradenton That's... or Sarasota, one of the two. It's near there, yeah. But they're... There, there was there was a little itty bitty baby manatee. It would go boop out of the water, and it was just tiny, and just kind of hanging out. And it was very curious about us, because it would it would linger a little bit while it was coasting back down. And look up at these these weird creatures that were staring down at it, pointing like, phones at it. <laughs> are they still here? Mm. Yeah, it was very very cute little guy. I would say that I would add. I mean, I agree. Dartmoor is a very yeah. special place. Yeah. I, I really like where you're from. It's very beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, really, that's... I mean, I've been to a lot of places I really yeah. like. It's hard. I really enjoyed um, the French town that I stayed in when I was um, a student ambassador with mm. People to People. I really enjoyed that. It was It was really beautiful. Um, that was, that was really luscious. Um, but I mean, it would have been nicer if you were there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But someday. Yeah. The proceeding was a Sister Wigs exclusive podcast for the patrons of the Sister Wigs Patreon account. Thank you so much for being our patron. We appreciate having you with us and we look forward to making more content for you later on. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.